Welcome to Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about our beloved series, Star Trek. <laughs> On another exciting episode of Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal conversation about Star Trek, Star Trek The Next Generation, Identity Crisis is the episode that we're talking about today. And uh, <laughs> I nominate Gary to do the episode summary. <laughs> I was afraid you were going to ask me to do that. Yes. The yes. crazy thing I think is, it's, it's like a punishment, <laughs> isn't it? It the is. Episode it's summary. Not how is it a punishment? <laughs> I'll do it. I'm ready to do the episode summary if you guys. If I'll you do it for the next one. I promise. All right. <laughs> that's what I said last time. I mean, that's what I say every week for like six months, and then I eventually do it once. But. All right. No, so this is, very easy, this is a very easy one. Yeah, I would have uh, taken this, this one, episode. Gary. It's quick. <laughs> <laughs> this, <laughs> this is the episode where Jordy is basically. Um, uh, fucked. I don't know how else to say it. I apologize to the censors. Yeah, I mean that, that's not the most accurate summary. Um, but he's turning into a, another species, and if they if the Enterprise crew cannot save him in time, he is lost to humanity. His humanity is gone. I think there is no better description of what Geordi's state in this episode is than that. It's the only way to describe it. So anyways, when you get past the horror of that, you see the uh, crew of the Enterprise working tirelessly, and by some miracle of science and Dr. Crusher's hunches, we get a wonderful solution and... Uh, and just like in, like two sentences away from Jordy leaving forever, he's saved by his longtime friend and colleague, whose name I can't remember at the moment. <laughs> but that's what happens in the episode. That was, was the that shortest a good episode summary ever. That, that was a good summary. It is, but it is a very, it is a very straightforward <laughs> episode. There's a very simple, 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 simple problem, and they solve it, and that's it. Yeah, totally, totally. Wow. Totally. So shut, this is this is can't get any better now. So we just <laughs> hung up and done. <laughs> right, yeah. So what did you think? Yes, no, Boom. maybe, and then just leave. Ratings <laughs> <laughs> now, please. <laughs> I know that I, if I could share your your personal conversations with me, Gary, I know you're delighted about this episode because it made your day brighter. It did. You know what? The funny thing is. I never had so much fun watching an episode of TNG that I had this morning, because I this I think this year and ever since started Discovery came out in the air, I just I just didn't watch anything else, and it was a real revelation. It was a real joy to watch something that was rich in story. <laughs> Susanna like Layton, by the way, that's <laughs> what's her name. That's it. So it was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I had the. It was just before work. I had like two hours and I, I thought, okay, I'm going to watch it because, you know, there's a big bit of a blizzard going on in England right now. So <laughs> I had to go into work earlier and um, I had time and I watched it and I think 
from now on, I'm gonna do that every day. <laughs> at any at any point in your day, did you imagine that you were transforming into this like uh, cool alien that can, that's invisible, basically, to uh, to humans? I was. I was transforming back to my original self, which I really, I was really, really excited about. I like that better. I, That's a good transformation. I have no idea what you guys are talking about right now. <laughs> That's I, like that's like you know when you're going about your day after a scary episode. I think about things like that. I don't know. I was so the first time I ever saw this episode, it was it freaked me out because I remember I I as a kid I don't know how you guys were, but I was very imaginative and I I feel like I'm still a very imaginative adult. So when I'm seeing things for the first time, it it, it gives me a shock. Um, and that's all I could think about during this episode was, oh my God, Jordy's in so much trouble right now, like. He's just well as a as a child because I saw I saw this um, I saw I saw this episode for the first time as a kid as well. This is when I was initially watching Voyager and TNG as a kid with my mom. Um, I don't remember. The only thing I really remember is how he uses the uh, holodeck in like such an awesome way. Oh, and yeah, that, that that, really that's cool. what really stood out to me. It's like, oh my god, he, he he took a photograph and then he made it into the holodeck, and then he's deleting shapes and checking out the you know the the, the shadows and everything. And I thought that was absolutely amazing. That's what and stands jo- out. And we already know to me. we already know Jordy's awesome at the holodeck because ninety percent of the holodeck episodes have Jordy in them. Well, okay, so that's I'm that's, making that's, that up, but that's it one, feels right. <laughs> that's one thing. It would seem that every time he has a problem, he kind of runs to the holodeck, doesn't he? Yeah. No, but wouldn't you? I mean, <laughs> just think about the Yeah. Well, I mean, I that's the like, thing. No, I would totally season do the same season thing. four like, is, is a lot of Jordy hiding out in the holodeck trying to fix something, but. You're but. you're at work and you run into a problem. What's better, going to like a computer panel and just looking at information, or like going to the holodeck and seeing it in in three dimensions? Yeah. And like you could fail like a bunch of times too, hmm. which would be interesting if like, you're doing you know, uh, engine simulations. But, but then he just he just opens up a bunch of panels in the holodeck in the Leo Brahms episode, <laughs> doesn't he? But you know, yeah, this is actually a really uh, good example how it translates to Trekkies and how uh, people can actually have a problem and they, they go into Star Trek, they watch an episode or two and they somehow they find an answer, even if they don't look for, if they don't know what they're looking for, but they find an answer. It's, it's really good um, as a, I don't know, I'm, I'm seeing too much into it. <laughs> but it's, a, it's, allegoric, it's allegorical, yeah. that's one of the I, best um, things about it, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I have this huge deja vu impression right now. This whole conversation, I feel like, I don't know. Sometimes sometimes I get these. Something like ever? Yeah, every, everyone gets these deja vu. You feel no, like, you feel like you've tra- already lived this. Maybe happened uh, in the mirror universe before. <laughs> oh, well, I hope it's not. Possible, it's possible <laughs> that all of our... Uh, our atoms are in some kind of weird uh, soup when they get like you know how they say pictures steal your soul like oh maybe all of our atoms are <laughs> okay YouTube, well that's it for me YouTube has stolen your soul <laughs> I will like I, I would like to keep what's re- what's left of my soul and uh, leave you now no. hold on I have a Harry Harry Potter wand here somewhere I can cast a Protego spell <laughs> <laughs> there, Protego Maxima. We're all good. Anyways, <laughs> this is getting out of order. Um, I know. Yeah, this so is the, may I have a question for the, both of you? Go ahead. Yes. This is actually I was watching when I was watching the episode. I, I kind of had this, and I do apologize if I go into an off track now. Um, <laughs> 
do you think this episode was uh, the base um, in in a sense of Jory's transformation to the episode threshold from Voyager? I don't I don't know that episode. Oh my god! Well, lucky you. Um, <laughs> that's very interesting. I don't think so. I don't think they thought back to this episode necessarily. F- without spoiling too much, Threshold involves uh, a certain member of the Voyager crew kind of turning into a sort of lizard being. Creature, yeah. Yeah. And um, so there's a similar kind of metamorphosis happening. I don't think so. It is similar in the in the way it's it's a human turning into something else, um, but I don't think it's necessarily the. I haven't seen Threshold, but I mean this kind of like other being taking over uh, who you are, Kalesh, um, <laughs> is like something that I feel like. <laughs> well, that's different. That's your girlfriend, you know, doing something kind of weird to you, but. I think this. I think I see more echoes in that Star Trek Discovery arc than I do, um, which is kind of neat that they that it's kind of like that. Not as radical though. <laughs> this this like creature. It's so interesting the science behind it because um, one can imagine going out into space. There's this episode that I really hate, the Riker, uh, the season three, I think it's the season three ending, where Riker has a flashback of the whole season after he gets Season like, two. Oh, yeah. Shades of Grey or something. something. I forget about it. Sh- I forget Shades of Grey. Shades of Grey. I don't hate it, you know. I love it, but I didn't give it a high rating. <laughs> it was like a low a low ranking zero uh, yeah. zero that would <laughs> that would know. quite honestly be the only zero I, I would remember. give I don't remember I, I did go zero, pretty low but you know that's, I think that was the only episode that I've watched only once <laughs> I have a, I have a, I have a general rule that any show that ever does a clip show an episode an episode clip show that episode gets a zero I don't care how it's done. I don't care how well they execute it. It's a clip show. It shouldn't exist. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Tez Doctor, I don't think Doctor Who has ever done uh, a clip show, as far as I know. But Good. Star Trek is famous no, I for don't it. Recall. I mean, at least from the new, new Who series, no. I don't, I don't recall any episodes. I'm, I'm watching The Office at the moment, which is a, a sitcom that... So The Office, not UK, The Office US. This is a, gen, like a generally modern sitcom. This thing came out, you know... After the year 2000, I don't understand why there was a clip show in like season six. I have no understanding. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you have to let the audience know all the best things about a show. It's it's <laughs> offensive. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> People do it on YouTube now. I think there's already clip shows for Star Trek Discovery season one <sighs> that are uh, that are going to be happening or are already happening. I haven't done the search for it, but watch. Oh my god. You. You guys should do a clip show about Star Trek Discovery Season 1. I'll feature it online. We are talking about Star Trek The Next Generation. We are talking about Star Trek The Next Generation. (laughs) We're trying to um, talk about Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. I I really liked all the parts uh, of this episode that had to do with um, uh, Jordy. They were pretty solid. He was pretty good. I think his uh, reaction when Dr. Crusher reveals that he's next, like after they they watch um, uh, Sylvia, was it? 
Susanna. <laughs> Susanna. They watch Susanna deteriorate. It's been a week since I've seen this episode. You know, guys. that was you actually a really powerful scene. <laughs> I remember when I, I watched it in the morning and I, I never really imagined that happening. I mean, I don't really remember the episode that much. I mean, I remember Jory will transform, but when I watched it in the morning, I was like, Wow, that uh, Jordi basically gave a lecture to Captain Picard, like, hey, yeah. what would you do if you were me in my case? You wouldn't just sit around and just wait for the solution. Mm-hmm. You would just go after it. And, and you could see that, um, I seen that um, patient impression in Picard, like, wow, it's like, <laughs> he challenges me <laughs> at this point. I, I, I really like that fact that Jordi was just like, um, he respected Picard and Still, he went against his um, recommendation. Like, yo, I, rem- I I know you want me the best, but you will do the same if you were in my my boots. So that was a really powerful scene. I, I really I really looked up to Jordi about in that time. It's like, wow, that was that was powerful. <laughs> I agree. Did you guys know? Um... Did you guys notice the lighting in this episode was like extra crispy and dark? I don't know. There was something about it. It was like really really nice. Yeah. But if it's a um, TNG episode. <laughs> I, no, I, I absolutely agree with well, with both of you guys. Um, Jordy's execution and, and the writing of his dialogue is, is really great. Um, you know, I think his performance is really good in this episode. Um, and a, a testament to what you're saying about how you don't even remember what the like the the his friend's name is. Um, I found. Her poor actress, I don't even know her name. But I, I found I found her performance to be kind of weak. I'm going to the internet right now. <laughs> no, I found, so I found, I found like the, the her performance to be kind of weak. And there's an extra on the bridge as well. There's like an in, and sorry to this There you go. Okay, and there's an instant <laughs> on the bridge that also gives a. She's got a few lines interacting with I think the captain, and I found her performance a little weak as well. Um. I think because I think because we're dealing with one of Lavar Burton's most, you know, kind of like interesting performances. Like the center of attention was definitely him. I liked I liked the actress and how she kind of like was freaked out the whole time. Um, but I do it. But but I do agree that like I it's a week later and I can't remember her. And you know that's not well. That's not, what I got, what I got was that you know, good sign. <laughs> what I got was that her, like her transformation um, and the way she dealt with it was all a little, how should I say, um, extreme. Like she was overacting a little, uh, whereas Levar Burton did it with finesse. Like you, you saw him kind of transform in the holodeck as he was discovering it. And, uh, he was shaking when he was hug- like when he was holding her. Yeah. In that. And then when that, he's completely transformed, scene, like he was shaking, like you could see through this like really dark costume that was like hardly how you know all you saw was eyes and like mm. like veins running across there, and you could see like I don't know. Yeah, but that was almost <laughs> like real emotion there, so it wasn't like acting. Yeah. That was almost like well, real emotion. Yeah. Well, I mean, Levar Burton comes from a really great. Um, background uh as far as a performer uh he did have you guys seen um uh what's it called roots yeah uh have you guys watched that yeah Yeah. it's an you gotta go see roots it's like the it's the journey of uh both of an african roots with lava button and the new one as well oh i haven't seen the new one the one is really good as well (laughs) oh cool okay but, well, um, watch the LeVar Burton one for sure. Gary. Yeah, no, really uh, it, 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 but I, he comes I, from he he gives a like the 
I think he won the Oscar for that. He better have won the Oscar for that. I'm not sure, but <laughs> I, I see what you mean it's in that the kind sense of a that um, it, so in in Roots, um, because it deals with slavery and, uh, and the, like, it, it's essentially about slavery and about th- this um, Kunta Kinte uh, and how he dealt with it. There's not just um, kind of facial acting. There's a lot of body language involved. Because sometimes as a slave, well, you can't really say anything or you're too afraid. And so it, it's, um, it's, it's based on h- how you move and the gestures. And I think that really paid off in this episode. Because, as you guys say, when, when he's hugging his friend at the end, like Susanna, in, in the end, you can really see the, the, the... There's like such a mix of emotions in his essentially faceless face. I found my notes... Ooh. Ooh. The man has notes. <laughs> I, oh, I have notes too. I wrote, I wrote down I, <laughs> I wrote down uh Nurse Ogawa because I I think she's being more prominent now and so I don't know if this is the first I don't think this is the first time we see her, but no. I was like, Oh, there's Nurse Ogawa. So she was in this episode. Well basically she, she noticed something about um Susanna's condition and, and that's how Russia got involved and they started to work on the problem. I remember that like there was like this interesting danger when the show first aired where I thought are we actually going to lose uh LeVar Burton cuz there was always rumors in the you know you know how like now you go on Twitter and you see all the rumors there before they were in like uh magazines or like word of mouth <laughs> so the, <laughs> the internet still existed it just didn't exist like it does now oh, and days. one of the rumors was that uh lavar burton was going to leave the show this season and so i remember being like oh is this how they're going to do it like mm. this is how it's going to happen like lavar burton's leaving the show he's going to turn into this like weird uh <laughs> creature well it would have been Okay, it's great that LeVar Burton got to stay, you know, in all the seasons yeah, no, and that totally. we saw him in, in, in the movies and everything. But just when creating a series, I think there should be a, like um, an interesting balance to find between what Discovery is doing. Discovery essentially kills off 20 characters in a season. Um, uh, maybe, maybe I'm exaggerating, maybe 10. And T- TNG killed off maybe like one character in, in its seventh season run. Yeah, one main bridge character, it's true. I think maybe there, there would be an interesting um, way to kind of... Uh, I don't know. Find find a way to do something between that. So not kill off so many people as it, it, it makes death generic. But to still have like a sense of threat. Because ultimately when you watch TNG or any, or any show from that era, um, you're never afraid for your heroes. You know they're going to live. You know you're going to find a solution. Um, it doesn't take away from the thrill of the moment, but you know that they're going to be fine. Yeah. If, right. um, if if you had like a a doubt, in the sense that at any moment they really could just kill off a character and say, "Look, this happens. We're in space. We're dealing with unknown stuff, and we couldn't get him back, and he's gone." It um it would add something to the show, I think. Yeah. I think uh, Star- I think Star Trek. The next generation's actors would have like loved that, but um, I know that they had a tough time with uh, with producers back then. Like everyone was locked or glued into the episodic uh, model of television. Like they thought, like this is the way to do it. So <laughs> you you, dis- you disagree, Gary? Is that what you said? No, I absolutely agree. 
Oh, okay. you, the right, what you just said. No, no, okay. why would I disagree? <laughs> well, I don't know, you can. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can, you but would... I'm not going to. Gary, when you serve aboard the Enterprise, you disagree when you feel like it. <laughs> I will. Now, set course for Alpha Me Omega 172131. There's five. only four lights there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gay. <laughs> so we're just quoting we're anything now. Okay, learn. I mean... <laughs> Your Kalos is way better than my Kalos. <laughs> you have the best Kalos. <laughs> um, you should learn that was to uh, do off his lines and just, you know, do a voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the, uh, I guess, I guess ultimately, like, um, this episode, <laughs> this episode, is it a rewatchable one? Like, is that one, like, is this one of the ones that when you're, like, going through and you're like, oh, um, I'm gonna watch this episode again. Like, would you would you rewatch it if it weren't for the fact that you had to watch it for the show? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I would say I would. yes too. It's a bit of a trap episode, to be honest, though, because um, I keep on remembering that that scene uh, in the holodeck that I just talked about, which is a great moment which is a Star great Trek moment, <laughs> and I keep on thinking, oh, the way he uses the technology is fantastic and what have you, and then I also I also love the the costumes and the makeup that they have when they're completely transformed. So I would go back to that, and I, I say it's a trap because I would automatically click on the episode like, oh, I love this one. And then when you're watching it, it's pretty slow. And, like, the slow pace of it works very well um, in the beginning. Like, you get the teaser, then you get the kind of intrigue building up, like, what's happening, why are these officers going away and then eventually when uh, Susanna transforms the, the the slow pace of it just kind of drags the episode down a little I find you come to a point where essentially the second half or maybe the middle of it not very much happens until Geordi discovers what's going on and then he transforms and maybe that's just me but I don't know. I, no, I didn't okay. really notice that when I was watching. I, I mean, I, I guess what you mean, but um, because there was too, too many dialogues in, in the episode in terms of, you know, Jordi and, and Susanna talking a lot um, with each other. And then we, at one point we've seen uh, Susanna's dealing with um, the effects of the transformation and, and then started to have a more conversation on regarding that one. And it was just like talks, talks and talks and nothing really happening. And But at the same time, it was something happening. So it was... I get what you mean, but I, I, I didn't really. Um, I, I still enjoyed. I it didn't. It wasn't really slow for me. <laughs> I like the dialogues. I like. I like the <laughs> actress. Um, I, I finally remembered where I saw her. It was in a movie called The Squid and the Whale, and she's good. At, she's really good in that movie. Um, yeah. So let's do. Since I didn't come prepared with uh, with uh, <laughs> the names of the characters and actresses, I would like to highlight Marianne Plunkett now on Starfleet Boy, and I'll give you a brief history of her uh, her experience, uh, her you know films or whatever, and see if there's any. She's been on a lot of Law and Order. Do you guys watch Law and Order? No. no. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She's also been on LA Law. She was on that before Star Trek and Matlock, which I watched. So I must have seen her on Matlock because I used to love that show, but I don't remember her performance. Um, and then The Squid and the Whales, what I remember from her from, which is in 2005. It's a good movie. Um, and then that's it. 
Do you, do you see a movie called or a show called The Good Wife? I heard about it. I know about it because um, CBS keeps throwing it in our face. They they they, <laughs> they, pro- they they promoted CBS All Access with the spin-off The Good Fight and Discovery. So, but I've never seen it. It's she, not, uh, my mother watched she was it. She on <laughs> um, and, and didn't like it. <laughs> she was on House of Cards and uh, she was Evelyn. If you guys watch that show, you know right. House of Cards. The original, like UK back in the day, or House of Cards. Oh, that's a really good point. 2013 to 2014, chapter 21. Oh, so that's the most recent one. Yeah. Yep. I forgot there's a UK one that the American one is based on. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. She's she's a, a very small character in the first season. Um,. She's she's essentially used kind of as a plot device to show how um, devious uh, our two protagonists are. So, uh. essentially, uh, the the wife of uh, Kevin Spacey's character. So there's Frank Underwood and Claire Underwood. Claire Underwood essentially um, has everyone or has a lot of people fired from where she's working, but she has. Uh, said character, Evelyn, uh, fire everyone in her place. So she has to, I she, remember that. She okay. has to deal with firing everyone with the emotional trauma, and then Claire just fires her in the end. So congratulations to Marianne Plunkett. You have had quite the career. <laughs> no, that was and, uh, <laughs> a very emotional scene in, in House of Cards. I will say that was very a, nice. a, a good moment. So she, she's, uh, she overdid it, though, in... In your opinion, and mine a little bit. I think she was a little too much in this episode, too. Sorry, well, this was, sorry Ms. Plunkett. Maybe, I'm maybe, so this sorry. maybe early in her career, maybe, was it? I don't know. No, I mean, you. there's so many way, reasons why you play a character. Uh, you make choices, and, and actors don't have to have all successful choices. Like, I think Marion Plunkett would, would appreciate a good... A good honest critique of her uh, <laughs> her past work well we, we can we can be nice and, and say that it's it's we can be nice and say that it's not because she uh, she acted badly it's because in comparison to all of the great performances by Sir Patrick Stewart and LeVar Burton yes you can't <laughs> She can't. She can't rival with them. <laughs> no one can. There's very the the two powerhouses in the room would not would not uh, anyone would look like they're not doing as great. <laughs> it's true. So um, <laughs> talking about unsuccessful choices um, and going, going back going back to the episode. Oh, discovery, com- right? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> no, going back to this episode, Next Generation. Um, that was um that Ga- was a conversation. Gary, thank you for being the nanny on the show. Yeah, it seems like seems like I have to do it today. <laughs> go go go. So that was a that was a really interesting um, conversation between um, Susanna and Jordi in in the time forward. Um, basically, they started to talk about their relation back then, how they met each other, and how Susanna gave so many advice to Jordi romantically. And I was kind of thinking during the episode, like, if they were, like, so cool with each other, why didn't just, um, you know, they indulge themselves to each other? 
or with each other. <laughs> wait, what? Wait, what are you asking? So did, it, it, why it would, did they I do think it? It would be it would have been nice because <laughs> both of them were single bachelors. And oh my goodness! <laughs> it was I mean, there was there was like slight indication that uh, Susanna was kind of like nursing oh, Jordy, see. but and Jordy was like they were like two adults, single adults, and they liked each other and they have a history behind them, and you know. Would have been I nice think, to I think that, like, see some sort of a romantic relationship, you know, <laughs> blooming out from this um, little yeah. conversation. I think it's very clear that the writers have something else in mind for Jordy because <laughs> he doesn't get the best romance. What happened to Sean? He just, he just froze. I think he did freeze. Whoa. Oh my god. That's like a really good smile, though. Or he's. <laughs> or, yeah, it is a really good smile. Are you there, Sean? Oops. Oh no. Look. <laughs> Are you there? Oh, look, he just went logo. Oh, that might right, not, be a, we, not be a good thing then. We are having a technical difficulty. But the cool thing is, if he's still recording, we can hear everything that he's saying when he <laughs> when we bring him back. And he'll hear everything we're and saying. And hopefully so. we're not going to be like a swear <laughs> or something. <laughs> I'm going to re-invite him now. Check on the tube. Sometimes this happens. I mean, what we're doing is a technical marvel, if you think about it. Like, <laughs> it is. <laughs> Connecting this three, is like three part of the, the globe. <laughs> the globe, yeah. This is like Star Trek level stuff here. It's kind of cool. It is. I found the, um, the uh, memory alpha entry here. And so when Sean comes back, maybe I will go ahead and read to you guys some interesting things from that. Regardless, regarding to this episode. Yeah. Oh, okay. I have a track card as well up there. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> we can, we can cross-reference it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a good way to do it. I hear clicking. Yeah, I'm back. Yay! Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um... Hello. Hello, there you are. <laughs> it wasn't a bandwidth connect, uh, problem, it was just my internet just cut off. That's um, crazy. Yeah, and, uh, I've been there <laughs> many <yeah>. times. <laughs> I'm going to change my uh, my internet provider. You were under attack by uh, Romulan mercenaries since uh, Montreal is, is like, in, if we were to transpose a map of the Federation... Montreal would be close to, to Romulus. Oh my god. So where am I then? The maybe, zone? yeah, maybe. I mean... <laughs> you're, you're on the Klingon frontier, uh, All right. Gary. Okay. And I'm to, safely have, in the middle. No, you're not. You're not safely in the middle. That's not fair. You're, you're, you're in like the Cardassian... Oh yeah, that's true. Okay, I can be Deep Space. I'm down to be in Deep Space. You're not nine. in Deep Space like Nine. Them. You're in a Cardassian <laughs> prison. There you go. Oh wow! Wow. There, are, there are four lights. Throw, throw me into the DMZ instead. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Sean does not want me to be safe at Starfleet Command, but that's where I actually. Am. <laughs> I'm out here risking my life, you know, getting my internet hacked. And <laughs> it's true, it's true. <laughs> well, the, you know, Romulus didn't claim claim uh, that 
that attack. It was just Romulan mercenaries, so we're okay. All right. All right. <laughs> hey, so this is the portion of the show where we go to uh, uh, Memory Alpha and Trekcore and compare notes. Oh, my God, yes. Yes, yes, <laughs> let's do that. Let's do that. I have a few so, um, notes that essentially do not review the episode, oh. but they, they just things that I noticed, and so they kind of useless i suppose but no 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 no. go on go on you first then okay well <laughs> i think we should just like go round robin like each of us say one that's that's, that's, one that's a good thing all right okay yeah. um okay so I'll, I'll do my first note i noticed jordy pulls out his tricorder with mad skills at one moment um th- there's this moment where he's in engineering and he, he wants to scan something he he pulls out his try instead of just pulling his tricorder out that way he kind of flips it and he's I don't know, he's got oh, he's wow. got this this um wild wild west vibe to him as he pulls it out, <laughs> you know? And I was like, what? But it was awesome. I ag- I agree. I actually don't remember that one, but I do I do remember other instances and Data does some really good ones too. Data's got like some of the best tricorder opening <laughs> technique. <laughs> That's awesome. Alright, do you wanna go track cord first or uh memory alpha? No, I, I have a small observation as well. Um, oh. I don't know if any of you noticed, but uh, the shuttlecraft in in the planet, it didn't have a front frontal windows, a rear window. It it, it didn't it didn't come with the windshield. Oh, oh whoa! I it did was, not notice that. It was without the windshield. What I did notice was the very comfortable pilot's chair. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I noticed. <laughs> but I do not want to stuck in that uh, shuttlecraft for like two weeks because that's that's just not suitable for that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, but I have to. Yeah, I have to say that the 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 thought of traveling in a shuttlecraft a long distance is a scary idea to me. I wouldn't be able to cut it as a. I would have to just always be on my ship. I'd be that kind of captain. <laughs> I'm not going. I'm not going down to the planet. You go, number one. So interesting. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Interesting, sh- interesting shuttle. It's got like a, uh, a lazy boy pilot chair, but no windshield. No yeah. windscreen. This is a, yeah. Well, you don't need one. No, you don't. Micro, micro cameras on the outside. Yeah, no, you don't. Can, but uh, it's, it, I mean, it's a shuttle. It's nice to have a window. Yeah. Or not. Or maybe, maybe this one had a force wheel generator instead of a window. Who knows? <laughs> It was more of a pod, right? I don't remember. It was yeah, very it was small. Yeah, a pod. Mm, a small one. Mm. Was this the El Baz? Do you know? That's the I only one that I don't think that know. was coming from the Enterprise. <laughs> I think it was oh. a totally different It was one. the one from... That's right. You're right. It was the one that... I think the, the maybe other from the guy. Victory. Is it? Think about how crazy that is also. How was it the Cousteau? It that, like, there was a Cousteau somewhere. Or the Cousteau. One of those, yes. One of the, what, or the Cousteau or the, um, or the Victory. I don't know. I'm not sure. Wait, it's USS Victory is the ship, but I think there's a shuttle with Cousteau written on it at some point. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Very nice. An homage to an awesome person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it says here in the scene set in the year twenty three sixty two, crew member. Oh, I like. I that was a neat part of the episode was the video footage or whatever the, the the record recorded footage that they had. That was. I thought it was done in a nice. It was a nice. Way. It was a nice way to start the episode as well, because you get that kind of. Wait a minute, he's he's wearing red. <laughs> yeah, and so crew members of the USS Victory are correctly seen wearing the old season one and two Starfleet uniforms. 
LaForge wearing command red again and using the early Dustbuster Type 2 phaser. LaForge additionally wears an older version of his visor. So they really like went hardcore for that. That's <laughs> for very that interesting. That's cool. it, it means yeah. that they did that like they didn't consider season two a retcon, they considered it more of an evolution. Mm-hmm. And so um, they didn't. They don't like dismiss or ignore what they did in season one. They consider that being the past. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's that's nice. It's nice that they um, accept their flaws <laughs> and grow and don't just like try to brush them under the rug. I do like that too. That's true. <laughs> what shows do that? Oh come on! Discovery we talked about it like fifteen times. <laughs> In this channel. <laughs> well, Star Trek Discovery is doing something totally weird. It's a new a new phenomenon. I think we're still analyzing it, if I'm honest on my part. You know, like, I, 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 I for one, we're going to have a Discovery moment on Starfleet Boys uh, TNG Discovery. We've already had 15. <laughs> I, I know. It's invaded our Star Trek discussion. So it's, it's, because okay. it's, the, it's because it's the current show. It makes it's, sense. It, it's true. I apologize to those uh, in the audience who only tune into these to hear about TNG, uh, but <laughs> there, the, is, there is if, that component of Starfleet <laughs> Boy where we have to be inclusive of all tracks. Well, if, if a Calvin Timeline film <laughs> just came out, we would probably be interspersing just, you know, notes from the, that as well. Calvin so. is, it's true, it's true. So, I've got, a, um, I've, got, I've got another note if you want, uh, unless you want to read something from, uh, from somewhere. No, no, let's go. It's your turn. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I noticed that uh, Riker asks about like, uh, how, the, how the UV scanner is going to work. And um, then he asks if Data can do like Data, could you make a UV? Uh, it's not a scanner, but it's it's, it's whatever. Kind of UV light. It was the light, yeah. It it's the like UV light, it whatever was a cool kind of take. Though, I like. Essentially, he yeah. he wants to modify a basic flashlight into like a UV light. That's what he wants to do, right? Hmm. And so Riker asks him if he can do it, and I found um, Data's yes to be kind of obnoxious. It's like <laughs> yes, yes, of course I can do that. Obviously. <laughs> it's it's a basic simple task, and and then, and then there's a follow up scene because it, it cuts to them in engineering. Data's fiddling on his thing. Um, Riker comes up and says, "How long is it going to take?" And he says, "Come on, two minutes." Like it's done. That's really funny. And, um, and funny thing is, the scene only lasts fifty seconds, so it didn't take him two minutes. It took him fifty seconds. <laughs> Follow up on that oh, note. Uh, I don't know if any of you noticed that, but I just, I just, I just couldn't get a hang of it. Why did Data get a desk and a chair in the engineering where there were plenty of space to do these sort of small mechanical changes in the flashlight? He got a, a separate chair on a desk just for this sort of maneuver. <laughs> Why? <laughs> that's or is it just me yeah. speaking now? I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think that's true. Here's a. It I was, was trying to find the. The UV light. I was trying to do a Google search for the UV light, but on Mission Log, they had this picture I couldn't resist of LeVar uh, <laughs> Burton. Uh, uh, did uh, they name... Do you guys remember them naming the species in the show? I don't think they did in the episode, right? Uh, they just kept calling them the nah, creatures. I don't, I don't think like they, that, right? they named them. Probably just the inhabitants of Tashanan 3 or whatever it is. <laughs> Could... Then could we have the honor... Has anyone named him? Should we just... Could we name them something... Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, considering the series just came out, Black Lightning seems appropriate, but... 
That is an awesome. I mean, if you modified this costume, that would actually be an awesome black lightning. He does look a, a little like Savitar. But <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Is that from from the Flash, right? Yeah. I mean. Oh my gosh! With today's special effects, would there be lightning bolts emanating from Jordy? I wonder. I don't know. I um. Actually, I'll tell you what. I I did notice that this is a serious observation. I noticed that the makeup, the makeup on the fingers, wasn't really convincing. Um, they tried to glue like the three middle fingers together and, and, and make it into one big finger, but it, it it didn't convince me. It really did look like they just stuck these fingers together and that was it. Didn't feel natural. Yeah, it was really. T- I think it was really tough. Even back then, a lot of uh, a lot of the makeup effects, even though they're brilliant um, looking, uh, for the most part, they always failed sort of at fingers because what you had to do like combinations of weird things to create like different kinds of pads and mm. you know whatever, and it's only whatever you can do with actual human fingers. But now with CG, like the crepusculans in Star Trek Discovery, going back to Star Trek Discovery, oh my God. looked. Like, guys, focus. <laughs> <laughs> so I say that they need to do a, a hardcore remastering of TNG. No, I'm, I'm no, just no, kidding. no, absolutely, I think, absolutely not. I don't but, agree. I don't. I don't really feel that way. <laughs> no, w- without talking uh, about a certain show in particular, yes. Now, 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 nowadays we have modern technology and and the CGI is advanced, which means I suppose it, these kind of modifications, be it on on faces or hands or whatever feet. Or if you wanted to show like a, a torso of a, of a certain just another humanoid species, you could probably do some extensive modifications due to like thanks to CGI. That yeah. that back in the day they could only do with practical effects, and it it was I mean, it was t- it was tough to not make everything. And then Star Trek: The Next Generation does a really cool um, in-universe explanation of why there's so many uh, humanoid species in our galaxy. Which yeah, I thought should be cool kind of like to talk about too. yeah, it's gonna be a cool episode. Um, the command of the USS Ares was previously offered to Riker upon the retirement of her captain, as seen in the Icarus Factor. So I guess the USS Ares was mentioned in this episode. Was it one of the one of the earlier people that turned into those beings? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one of them came from a space station, uh, and the other one came from the USS Ares. I think that's it. That's cool. Um, it's a dense episode. I forget, but this is that, there's that third one that also blew up um, as he was trying to enter the orbit of the planet, but I forgot yeah. where that one came from. Um, it is pretty hardcore to think about that three of them, well, one of them is dead and two of them they'll never be able to get back. Because mm-hmm. they make a point of saying they have families and friends and mm-hmm. like this other guy's a family man and he blows up in orbit. I mean, this episode really does show the dangers of working in outer space, and even uh, even the crew of the Enterprise isn't immune to, <laughs> although they've solved it, thank goodness. <laughs> but even the crew crew there is uh, is up to, up to that danger. Um, it says here that other species that propagate by infusing other species with their DNA and transforming them include the Terrazians. The Kobali and the Lokek. Do those names ring any bells to you? No, not to me. Um, which one? The, I think the Kobali. But yeah, the I'm, K- I'm Koba- Koba- 
Kubali. Japan, but I think it's from maybe from DS9 or, or no Voyager. it's from Voyager hmm. um, you would remember them straight away they have like a kind of uh, Neelix feel to them makeup wise um, kind of purple though I can't wait to start watching Voyager Voyager is very interesting um, mm -hmm. in the later seasons I see the Kabali they have a really cool makeup design very yeah nice Oh, well, yeah, I'm, I know. See, okay. Yeah, you, you recognize them immediately once yeah. you see them. Yeah, Lindsay Ballard. Mm. <laughs> what else do you have in your notes? Uh, do you have anything, Gary? I have I have more, but... Uh, no, I mean, I have the Trekcore um, article up here, but the one thing that I, I do wanted to um, mention about the episode, um, there was a scene in, in the sea bay when Data was... Um, you know, researching and stuff, and and Doctor Crusher went over data like, you're really afraid of Jordy. Uh, you really, you know, really care about him, and it's like, mm. yeah, you know, it's it's like scientific curiosity, but it drives me to to actually solve the problem. What's happening with him? That was a really sweet scene. Um, I think that was yeah. minute. I'm not sure if this was the first time actually when we got to see Data really getting engaged with a, with a with his friend, but that was a really sweet scene to to witness and even Dr. Gresher had his uh, her smile up on her face like wow <laughs> that was a sweet moment um well done for uh, for Brent Spiner for if he yeah, ever listens true. to this podcast <laughs> but honestly that was that was a super sweet scene it's a, it's a shame that Dr. Cr uh, Doctor, sorry, not Dr. Crusher, uh, <laughs> Counselor Troy was nowhere near uh, anyone this episode. <laughs> she was just not present. So she might have been able to help Jordy deal with the emotions I, I, I that she was going through. <laughs> <gasps> well, no, you oh don't. You don't. Goodness. You don't actually notice that she's not there. Yeah, it's very true. Um, oh well, that's because Marina Sir just makes sure that her presence is felt. Oh, of course. <laughs> even, when, even when she's not I'll there. tell you what. I did find it kind of funny because initially when they're on the planet and they've, they've all got flashlights and floating them around, I got no problem with humans with flashlights, but Worf kind of looked ridiculous. He's this big <laughs> warrior, right? And he's got this little flashlight trying to... On Enterprise, they have little helmet lights, which yeah. I think I'm surprised that TNG never... I think they do maybe actually in later seasons I have a vague memory that they have a headgear with a light on the side in, but in Voyager it's a bit I of a could... spoiler for you but they got a um, light in the, in the wrist so they have a wrist light oh nice that's actually really handy and doesn't really necessarily like you this know, you go take... like this yeah just like like but light here well, hold on <laughs> Iron Man I can't believe we all made that noise. Yeah, simultaneously. Just, that's really the Marvel really Cinematic really Universe is in fixes, isn't it? <laughs> that's um, funny. I have a question for you guys because I noticed this and I thought maybe, maybe I'm, again, maybe I'm too nitpicky like Gary, but <laughs> they they go looking for Geordie. Uh, so there's like, who is it? Is it? I think it's Data, Riker, and maybe Worf. They mm -hmm. go to the holodeck and look for Geordie. And then so immediately they come in and they see that, you know, he's running the program with all of the, the trees and the structure and everything. And Riker says, search the structure, sends Worf off, Worf finds his clothes. And I can't help thinking, why don't they just say computer in program? <laughs> yeah. Just shut it down. You'll see if he's there or not. And you'll see his clothes on the ground. That, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's, that's an interesting point. Or computer isolate, uh, you know, life signs of Geordi LaForge and uh, 
you know, or something like that. Just whatever. Well, they, from they, they they can't they well, can't isolate already, him. That's why they went there. He was already transformed, right? He was like he looked like the Predator from the Predator movies, like the special effect. I don't know if if you guys caught that. Mm. <laughs> it was like a cool. That's I think that was like the way to to depict invisible. Um, characters in movies for a while after Predator did it, but um, but I liked it. I did think that like um, the scene where he hijacks the transporter, um, the outline that we saw looked like it was kind of like this other creature, but maybe it was the transformation. Like you know, he hadn't turned into the creature thing yet. So <laughs> he was halfway there because you see that when he transports. You actually like they, just before they cut to the uh, uh, ad. Yeah, that's right. You you see kind of what his face looks like, yeah. and you can you can recognize him, but he's halfway transformed. So I think that's what they were trying to show with the invisibility. He doesn't he's still kind of humanoid? Well, he's still kind of human. Yeah, human, right? Michael Piller remarked, "It was a very complicated, complex production that the director did a terrific job on." It had scenes within scenes, and I was very happy with the show. It may not have been one of the best scripts we wrote, but it's a great example of how those guys in production can really turn out a hell of a product. Hmm. And then the director said, uh, that was an, Winrick Colby recalled, that was an interesting show and a lot of work. First of all, LeVar Burton is a hell of an actor, and it's a lot of fun working with him, even though I'm sure there was a lot of pain and agony on his part going into that suit. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Technically speaking, we didn't make things any easier for him because we had to light everything with black light. So we're kind of restricted camera-wise to, to do what we wanted to do because of all those tremendous black light units it was a hell of a set but a technical nightmare but everybody seems to be happy about it it's true i do i do feel like that's present in the episode what um, they're saying in track core, um just a little addition that what you said production wise it says in the first draft brandon braga had a huge number of transformed aliens down on the surface but jordy wouldn't go through the process it was designed more as a horror story which is okay. kind of interesting as well if you think about it. What it's it's a been. different vision, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. This episode was nominated for an Emmy Award for Outstanding Achievement in Makeup for a Series. Well, there you go. So, I mean, fingers aside. So it wasn't just a boring episode, you know? It wasn't boring at all. No, just, just to clarify, I, I say yeah. it's slow-paced because I, I think that maybe they could have made the... Um, I don't know. Maybe they could have added some more tension to the transformation. Maybe they could have added. They could have made it a little more dynamic. Uh, that being said, it works and it is a good episode nonetheless. Yeah. Well, I enjoy it. So. I enjoyed it too. It made my morning. <laughs> it did. I'm like, I, that was a delightful thing to hear about. I'm glad you didn't mind too much that I shared about it. Um, here's a behind the scenes of that light you were talking about. Aha, uh-huh, there he goes. That data modifies. That's Michael Westmore? No, no that, I on. think that Black that man. might be the director. I don't and know. And so you can see that Brent Spiner's look at look, uh, what they, data's looking at Riker off camera thinking, yes, I modified it. Come on, leave me alone. <laughs> Get over <on with> it. <laughs> Actually, that, I, I think he's doing his high, data's high alert face. You know when he's like... 
You know, kind of, kind of following that what you said about um, the Riker and Data little crash in the bridge. Like, yeah, I can do that. Maybe that's how he. That's why he actually uh, wanted the desk and the chair in the engineering. Oh, like, that's why he left. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a small process, but I'm gonna show you. I can do that. <laughs> you know, and I need a chair for it and a desk. <laughs> that's really funny. Wow. Here's a look at. Here's a behind the scenes look at what those. Um, those suits look like um and all of this is from memory alpha by the way to give credit oh, where um, credit is and just to just to mention something because i think that that's the two guy it and uh, track it says the two ellie this jockey uh, who eventually became nbc variety show host filled the ultraviolet suits um so oh. that's that's like to that's like to this jockey. this jockey <laughs> Those are, those are two radio personalities, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Well, that's what it says in... in yeah. That's got to be them. Look, they've got the mics and everything. Jonathan Frakes looks great. <laughs> he looks very happy. <laughs> yeah, he's looking his off-duty uniform there. Well, maybe he doesn't have um, water in the paper glass. <laughs> paper cup or something. Oh, is that possible? <laughs> straight, straight observation. I didn't know they covered up the seats uh, when they yeah, were filming. Yeah, take a look at that. Yeah. <laughs> got to protect those sets. They got to look great on film. <laughs> and they will, and they are. <laughs> I will not sit on a dusty chair. <laughs> <laughs> Dusted so number one. <laughs> Dusted so. <laughs> wow, that was good. Should we... Uh, do you have any more notes, guys? Should, should we, like... Uh, Come to the ratings portion of the show, the fu- the final reveal. It's the final countdown. All right, see you guys. Goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> May I have just only one, one thing to, to just kind of not bring on, just just thinking about okay. um, the holodeck scene. And Sean, sure you mentioned how, if, how interesting it is to actually use the technology and the pictures and, and actually analyzing what was there, what was behind. And I think... Um, that's kind of interesting uh, if you think about photos as well. I don't know if that was the aspect of the, the show um, when they were writing the whole episode, but uh, when you think about photos and you take your photo and you have the still image, and sometimes you just wonder what the hell was behind, you know? Uh, something's covering up something important, and and um, I think it was kind of interesting um, allegory as well to, um, to kind of... You know, you will have the technology one day. You will, maybe one day you will be able to extrapolate what was behind that picture. I think one at one point someone or somewhere um, they did it. I'm not sure if it was in Star Trek, but definitely in um, Into Darkness they did something similar. Like they had the pictures itself and, you know, they went into um, zooming and using all the, the techno gadgets. There's to, a... There's a really neat technology in, in photography right now called light field technology, which kind of um, does, I, which could kind of be like the basis for a technology like that. If you combine uh, a camera that does light field photography along with a sensor unit that can maybe scan what an environment looks like somehow and record that information onto the photograph, you could then later create a, a rendering where you can it. see. 
Mm. Yeah, where you can almost see behind. Now you see, and the, this is the stuff the that they don't really talk like about. That. Like Star Trek influenced a lot of things, <laughs> and we all think about the mobile communicator, the Google Glass, and the iPads and stuff. But this is this is one of the groundbreaking as well. It, 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 it is amazing. It will. That. Well, I'm just saying, if you combine that technology that exists with maybe a, a technology that doesn't exist yet, you could have something like that. But like. You know, it's it it is possible, I believe. <laughs> That's amazing because yeah. I mean, in, in this episode, um, it's not really a photograph; it's a video. So yeah. I suppose mm-hmm. it's easier in the sense that I su- I mean, you must have some sort of sense of perspective mm-hmm. um, because the, the camera's panning around. Um, but then with just like a still photograph, it must be so much more complicated. But it is amazing that they they're do. already working kind of on that. Yeah, they do it in Blade Runner. Uh, in the Ridley Scott original Blade Runner uh, Deckard and I like the way that the effect is you know the the expression of it is in the in the movie I don't know if you remember but Enhance like yeah Enhance Enhance whatever (laughs) it's this old this old technique I wish Harrison Ford would come on Star Trek it would be amazing (laughs) if you if we could get Harrison Ford on Star Trek Discovery for season 2 oh gosh again (laughs) there we go again we might gonna get like um, you know Millennium Falcon goes through the mycelial network and ends up in Discovery like hey you not belong to this universe get back to your place they would have they would have Harrison Ford play like a mundane character like you know put him in so much makeup that we can't recognize (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you don't, you don't necessarily be have to because if you remember, I mean, and I'm and I'm do apologize to bring this along, but uh, Liam Neeson was in the Orwell, <laughs> so and he didn't really have <laughs> I that like much how you makeup. Say Liam, <laughs> I like how you say Liam Neeson. I like Liam Neeson way Liam, better. Yeah, li- not. <laughs> Liam, poor guy. <laughs> oh, Liam Neeson. Sorry, That's, either yeah. way. No, Liam. I think he, he was like in the Orwell, too. and he didn't have that much makeup, and he. he Thank God he was another pressing character in that one. <laughs> yeah, how come Liam Neeson's not on Star Trek also? I mean, come on, Star Trek. We yeah, get he's these just guys. only one step. I mean, he was in Star Wars, so... Uh, he, was, he was a friend of... Um, he's a friend of Seth MacFarlane's. Yes. And uh, uh, yes. Because he wasn't even credited. His cameo was just... He wasn't... He was just... He was just there. Gary, I've uh, this. I'll ask this again on our Star Trek Discovery God. discussion. Maybe we don't answer it here. We answer it on that discussion if we if we remember this question. But the, for both of you, the question is: If Seth Mac, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> remnants you. of the cold. If Seth MacFarlane were to um, come aboard as showrunner of Star Trek Discovery, would that be awesome news or bad news? I would love that. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> I would love that, and I tell you why. Because I think he would, he would um, just okay. Leave, leave Star Trek Discovery behind. That's that's happened. That's and then start something new again with Star Trek, and that would be awesome. <laughs> you meant leave the Orville behind? No, or Discovery behind. Both? No, I mean he he, oh, will, okay. he will do Star Trek Orville. There you go. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> I can see Sean like no no no, no. that's not gonna happen. Please no, please please do not blend Discovery and the Orville together. Oh God, no. I'm in that. You know I'm in that camp as well. I'm like, uh, let the Orville be the Orville. Let the Orville be Free. the Orville, and let Discovery be Discovery. And both shows have their flaws. Both shows have their qualities and the, the pros and cons. And let them grow. Let them both it's just grow. Funny that the or- it's just funny that the Orville is a part of the conversation so often. Um, 
which gives you especially answer, especially yeah. when we're talking about TNG because the Orville is the, probably Heavily the closest thing by TNG. it is the closest thing to TNG since TNG yeah. itself yeah. honestly no, it's the closest thing to Star Trek ever since <laughs> Into Darkness so <laughs> Har, har, har. Well, I mean, what what first. what is Star Trek? <laughs> Voyage. I mean, DS9, Voyager, and TNG are pretty much the same era. They're all very different yeah. representations of what Star Trek is. Mm-hmm. Um, Voyager represents more TOS. Deep Space Nine is kind of its own thing, and I suppose Discovery represents more Deep Space Nine. And and its own t- thing. T- t- TNG is its own thing, and the yeah. Oval represents TNG. There's three very distinct versions of what Star Trek could be. Yeah, I could see um, Discovery if it were if it just looked different, um, being in the TOS uh, landscape. I mean, just story story and like just on on the basis of what is happening on the show, there's really no problem like with putting it where it is and like the spore drive and all that stuff like I think the world of Star Trek is big enough at the, at that point in his in its history that like crazy stuff can happen and it and it's not a big deal to someone on the enterprise <laughs> by the way you have to say something for that to be prominent you have to while you're doing that you have to sing do the theme song or something oh I have to I can't do this wait no I can click you hold on hold on I'm gonna I'm gonna make you the you highlight you can make the primary yeah <laughs> yes there we go now do it now do no, it no I can do my my USS Angel <laughs> flyby there you go wow that's like a huge model it is it's pretty big it's uh I mean is it is it to scale? <laughs> like, it, if you pulled up, the, is it the same size as the If you pulled up your Enterprise model, I am offended. You have not watched my video, because then you would know. No, I haven't. I haven't <laughs> seen it yet. Oh my god! Is it the same <laughs> size as the Franklin? Actually, um, I don't know if you I'll see it that. tonight. So, pretty much, well, it's smaller. Look at this, but oh. um, it is comparable, I suppose. Yeah. Then again, yes. the Franklin is supposed to be a much, much smaller ship. I've got the thing bloody upside down. The, uh, and it's a different universe. The Franklin's a different universe. Well, come on. Well, I'll tell you what. None of no, this. None of no, this. It's not. None actually. of this. None of this counts because uh, it's not TNG. <laughs> <Indeed>. so, <laughs> I see that four Dang legs. It. <laughs> okay, so everyone. Including myself, will go and, and watch Hang your on. video. And Gary, there's like five data files that I haven't seen. Oh my god! I, I'm excited I, you about know what? The seeing, last yes. one, the last one that I did with Gullivac, that I think I enjoyed the most. Well, <laughs> I I, ha- I also have to keep up with the Cardassian. Yeah. So um, <laughs> just before That's we go excellent. into um, um, you know, um, what is it? <laughs> ratings. Ratings. Yes. Um, there's one. Um, behind the scenes fact as well um, that I, I, I think it's interesting to to address. It says the script was taken from a slush pile of spec scripts uh, script by fan writer Timothy D. Haas. So it was a fan story as it turned out, is it? Wow. That's cool. That's awesome. So it wasn't just a normal story that someone came up with, it was a fan story. That's cool. Oh, That's wow. awesome. Congratulations to uh, Timothy Mr. D. The fans. <laughs> <laughs> That's like somehow gonna travel back in time to the actual eighties or nineties when when it aired, and he'll see our 
he'll see a vision in his dream of this YouTube video, and he'll be like, whoa. You know, and I, <laughs> and I remember you did that sometimes, but I, I, I would like to take the liberty and just um, say if Timothy Dehas ever going to listen to this uh, podcast, <laughs> he would love to listen to his um, story about how he created the script and stuff, so just get in touch with Starfleet Boy, please. <laughs> Or you, or any of us. Or any of Gary, us, yes. <laughs> get, we're all equipped to do uh, an interview. You may <laughs> well, not me. It may not be what you expect. No, not but, me. But we're I mean, you, you can get in touch with me, and I'll just transfer you to these guys. So that'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst. I see that the light is diminishing in Montreal. It is. It's because... It is. A- <laughs> I, I, could tu- I could turn the light on, but then... And uh, Gary's... That's me likewise. <laughs> I'm, a hypo- I'm a hypocrite because I got up to get the ships. I could, I could get up to turn the light on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you wearing Adidas tracksuit pants? Yes. What? I'm, I'm looking for... I've, I, I've gone I'm full slav. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm obsessed with a track. I need a trackie. Ooh. I need a trackie. And if Adidas could partner with Star Trek and make a trekkie... I would want that even more. And I got a Batman shirt. Oh, very nice, I'm, very nice. I'm kind of Batman. I'm kind of Batman. Are you wearing Star Trek appropriate outfit, Gary? Oh, I, actually, I have a, I have a, have a <laughs> Super Mario. I have Darth. You- <laughs> I, I have Darth Vader um, slippers. If anyone cares. Yeah, so I, have, I have a wristband uh, says Time Lord. So just just to keep in time, keep in. <laughs> Very nice, very just, nice. <laughs> I have a badge on my Starfleet security hat. This is the official hat of... Uh, this is what Starfleet security wears off-duty at Starfleet headquarters. It's very nice. I don't know if you see how it has this like feature back here. It's very military feature. A little flap. <laughs> so now we're just promoting you- our clothes? <laughs> Maybe. Do you think the Seahawks would survive in? Does football survive in Star Trek? Is there any evidence that like the teams from today are still around? I would assume American because football? Deep Space Nine features uh, baseball. Yeah. Oh, that's true. And um, not only does baseball, there's like a London team. Oh, that's right. So I would assume many many sports did survive, but then again, American football, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Not sucker. Wow. All right. On that note, it's time to give our ratings, and I shall go first. And then, since uh, <laughs> since I did the summary, I actually can go last. But I'm going to be gracious and go first, <laughs> and I'll let you guys decide who goes next after that. So I give this episode a I think six. I know. Well, that's amazing. I was going to give it. I was going to give it a six as well. Oh wow. Mm. No, it's Gary's turn. Wow, it's get eight. I, I, I've been, I've been thinking to to give a little bit of a higher rating, but not as high as I originally wanted. So I'm gonna go ah. with an eight. Okay. Wow, I predicted the eight. Yes. <laughs> All right. So then I think it's fair to say, with like the Starfleet boy math, we can average this episode out to a six point five. Count it, Do you so. guys agree? <laughs> 
<laughs> Branded so. We're going to eventually have a database where you can look up all the ratings, and then we that way we don't have to remember them ever. <laughs> Lord. And we can do you, like you, an overall mean series that, season breakdown, like how much a season that? was in terms of points. You, you mean that way people don't actually need to watch or listen to us they don't need to waste their time all they need to do is just look at the ratings and be like we already have a formula so if you tune in to the last 15 minutes of all of our episodes that's when we like that's when we talk that's about like, the, just focus like, on the, things. <laughs> the whole the rest of the episode is a journey a discovery a casual and informal it's conversation the, it's the journey that counts not the destination it's journey, unless journey. the destination is a rating <laughs> Unless you just want another rating, you can go to the last fifteen minutes. It's pretty pretty standard on every Starfleet. I did I do trick a couple times. I started the episode out with the ratings, but no one liked that format. No, like I thought it was no, fun. because you know during the conversation you can actually change your um, perspective. Yeah, and absolutely. I, it happened with me this time because I wanted to give originally nine. But um, dear so lord, you point, you, well, you, but you pointed out a couple <laughs> of other things, so I, I was like, okay, actually, it's it's valid. <laughs> very good, very good. This was it was fun uh, catching up with you guys, um, uh, and to the audience, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we are you're seeing this two weeks later from when we actually recorded it, almost two weeks later, because Starfleet Boy went on an unofficial hiatus because Seattle was cray. Woo! It was awesome. <laughs> and I did not have my technology available that I thought I would have to be able to do all the production that I need to do. But I'm back. <laughs> not everyone has a holodeck handy, I mean. <laughs> or a UV light. Ca- yeah, I took the captain's yacht, you know, and I thought it was equipped. But now uh, I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to reprimand a couple of... Uh, uh, cadets that are in charge of the captain's yacht and, <laughs> and then go about about my day <laughs> and on that note uh, please uh, be sure to comment subscribe if you're not already subscribed and like or dislike this video as you choose <laughs> choose your pain <laughs> and don't hey, that forget was you. to visit that was you this time. <laughs> wow. And the, I just did something to random go. thing. <laughs> and I'll give uh, Trek on the tube a plug, but I'm not going to give Gary a plug because he was mean to me. No, I'm just what? kidding. Trek on the tube and Trekker Prize and go watch uh, their videos because that's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> and uh, live long and prosper. And see you guys next time. <laughs>